Welcome to another episode of the Christian Combatives podcast. We're releasing here on April 1st uh, for, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, today I'm actually interviewing two of, the, two of the main admins behind the Christian Furry Fellowship. Um, there was a lot of interest online when I, when I released the video, Is It a Sin to be a Furry? Uh, and there continues to be interest. People continue to ask questions and post questions on that video. So uh, I guess the interest hasn't gone away. So because of that, I thought it'd be interesting to to talk to some of the most some of the most notorious, should I say, some of the uh, some of the <laughs> most prominent uh, members of the of the Christian furry community, and kind of get into some of the questions. Now, I collected a bunch of these questions before. I asked some people, you know, what questions would you like to ask? So not all of these questions are. Uh, no pun intended, uh, fluff questions. <laughs> uh, some of them, some of them might, might sound uh, a bit direct. And the point behind me asking them is because these are the questions people want answers to. Um, I could ask you a bunch of questions like, you know, why are you so great and friendly and nice? Um, but you know, people wouldn't be interested in that. They say, why didn't you ask this question about such and such? So I consider I'm, I'm joined here by, uh, by Jude Riley and Tomcat. So first and foremost, the reason this the reason this idea came up in advance, where I was like, you know what, I should do, I should talk to the the owners of the Christian Ferry Fellowship, because I saw an article posted online, and both of you, I imagine, are familiar with it, uh, an article posted online that basically talked about um, um, the Christian furries and and homophobia and how how there's this rift, there's this conflict between um, between this group, between the Christian furry or the CFF, and um, and the rest of the, uh, I guess the rest of the furries. I don't know. How familiar are you with this article? And is there anything that you want to clarify either of you uh, about it? I was completely frustrated when I first, uh, uh, read the article, uh, because, uh, there, there were like what, two or three articles going about at the, uh, around the same time. Yeah. So we were, we were approached, uh, by, um, a very friendly, very open young woman who ha- was the one who wrote like the the first uh, the first article, mixing faith with furries. It was that one because there was another one. The original one was pretty. Uh, I, I want to say it was pretty milk toast. It wasn't like inflammatory or, or big about that. It was just nice presentation of the facts. No, no alarmism or anything. So yeah, that first one was really really good. Uh, the ones that came after are, are you know, I wouldn't say that they're garbage or trash or anything like that, but I would say that they are written in a very pointed way that you can tell that they were trying to, you know, make them, uh, make a statement with, with, with that, you know, with uh, what they were writing about rather than actually get to the facts you know. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Tom? What did you, what did you think? Did, and did you have involvement with this, uh, with this article or any of these interviews? I was I was actually on that interview and all of my when I read the article as far as I can tell none of my responses got used and I think I might have been <laughs> the only person that didn't get get used like people even like in in the that I knew that were on the interview too were just like yeah I thought you had really good responses and then she just cut them all so I don't know if I was too long-winded or what um and so as far as I could tell from that particular article I think that the the original reporter actually stuck to the facts and really just reported what people said it didn't really look like anything was getting twisted to me I mean I think that uh, a blog writer and news reporter is always going to have like an angle that they're going to highlight but I don't think that that this particular one was doing anything devious um 
But as far as just like furries in the media, as far as Christian media or blog posts are concerned, Jude's been around a lot longer than I have. But as soon as like I found the fandom, I think like I officially like came into the fandom in late late twenty thirteen. If you Googled Christian furry, you would find ChristianFurs.net. But you would also find um like people like saying like there's Christian furries, this is a thing, and people would be like confused by it and they would write their little piece about it and they would always like overthink what that was supposed to be like people always thought that it was a religion which it as far as i know has never been but it it never really got a lot of attention and now it's getting more attention but i i think that that actually might be kind of a weird correlation from other things associated with the furry fandom also getting more attention so let me ask uh kind of let me ask one of the one of the questions that I had written out. So for those who are listening, and I imagine most of them probably aren't furries. Some of them might be. Some of them might actually click on this link and say, hey, I want to see this thing. Is JJ in here? No. Okay. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, it's, uh, of the people who might actually, every once in a while somebody listens to this podcast for some strange reason, uh, and, and somebody might actually click the link um, because they think it's going to be an April Fool's joke uh, and might accidentally stumble across some truth. So what I'm, what I'm curious in, in kind of presenting them, first of all, who are, who are the Christian furries? What is, what is the CFF? Um, who are you guys? <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? What's your, what's your goal? What's your scheme? What's your motivation? Ah, uh, well, the current iteration of, uh, CFF or, or just CF Christian furries, uh, as you will, um, is pretty much the the culmination of uh, a group that had started in I want to say the mid two thousands. I remember being part of it in two thousand six, two thousand seven, some somewhere around that. But the general idea is that we are here to uh, uh, be a, a a place where folks can both learn about uh, the fandom, but more than that, learn about who Jesus Christ is, uh, who, uh, you know, his purpose in coming into the world to, to, to save us from our sins and how to, you know, live for God and fully, like, integrate what it means to live by faith as a part of the furry fandom. And, so- you know, part of that uh, involves, you know, certain things that I have... Uh, I have always saw as really important, like spiritual formation and knowing things, uh, knowing theology and, you know, having a right understanding of scripture and, you know, those, those sorts of things. So there is a, there, at least where, where I'm involved, there's like a, a specific bent towards helping people be more like biblically literate or understand where their faith is. And so that they can, uh, find encouragement and encourage others to, you know, walk out in, in faith and, and be the kind of person that, uh, you know, Jesus wants us to be. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, uh, a, I guess it's a goal of, of mine, but it's really a goal of, of, of any person who, you know, loves Jesus to see his name glorified, among folks who don't even know him and who, who may never know him. In what ways specifically do you see um, 
either the Discord server or the website or anything that you've got, what ways do you kind of contribute to uh, helping people have that that understanding? Or, or at least do you intend to? Well, unfortunately, we, we live in a world where you, you could slap a label on anything and say, oh, hey, I'm X and I'm Y and I'm Z, wherein you don't have any kind of... Uh, you can't demonstrably prove that you know you're you're a part of X, Y, or Z because you know words matter and categories exist and and those kind of things. What I what my vision has been is that when people think of Christian furs, they 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 don't immediately think, oh, can a Christian be a furry? But they think of <laughs> uh, our group, so to speak. They 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 think of uh, what it means, uh, they can point to us and it's like, oh, hey, these are people who love Jesus and who treat others well, but they're furries. And while I, un- while I thought that was a contradiction, this is, these things are actually intermeshed. And, you know, one, you know, one is supporting the other and one's encouraging the other. And, you know, those are, those are really good things. So, you know, like there are, there have been other, other groups and other people in the fandom who have uh, said that they were Christians and who, who said that they, uh, you know, are, are, are part of the church. But, you know, when you looked at their lives or you, you looked well, basically, when you looked at their lives, you, you could see that you know they they didn't they they didn't have any evidence that they uh, that they were followers of Christ. So that's two pronged. So on one hand, the the one that everyone always uh, always considers first is you know their lives basically didn't have any of you know, it. It didn't look like they were. I don't want to put it this way, but for simplification's sake, they weren't following the rules, so to speak. You know, they weren't follow they weren't doing what jesus told them to do you know and that's that was really unfortunate on the other hand on the other side there are people who who might have been following the rules so to speak but they their their lives were so full of vitriol and backbiting and bitterness and just being mean jerks that you know (laughs) that wouldn't draw people to, to christ either so you know while the Christian life is no, nothing flashy or, or, you know, incredibly intense, you know, in, in ways that the, you know, the world tends to look at, you know, that's what I wanted to, that, that's what I see as a vision for, for us, that when people can, people look at us, they can look at our lives and see, oh, hey, these people, these people follow Jesus's teachings. These people um, follow the, the traditional uh, doctrines of, ortho, of Orthodox Christianity. Yeah, so they'll but they're also nice Christians guys. By your love. <laughs> something, yes. something along those they'll, lines. Yeah. Exactly. They'll know they're, that we're Christians by our love. Because heaven knows that it's it's very difficult in, in a world that uh, wants us to be perfect, but doesn't, you know, they, they want us to be perfect, but they want us to be authentic. And when you're trying to balance both, it's very difficult. Yeah. So. Thank you. I've actually got it. So now I've got a question kind of for, um, for Tom. Uh, uh, I'm curious. Um, how would you say, uh, Tom, how would you say that 
for example, this this Discord server or this project that you guys have, how would you say that this stands out from from other projects, other uh, groups that might you know consider themselves Christians or even Christian furry? Uh, what, what do you try to do differently, or what do you try to emphasize that makes you guys stand out? I don't know that I'm able to answer that that well, just because I'm not really part of any other groups. Like oh. this is actually just kind <laughs> of my niche. So, I mean. One thing that I do think kind of stands out for us, and I'm not saying that no other groups at all do this like in like in other interest groups, but as far as furry groups maybe, is like we're we're really trying to toe a line, right, between being interdenominational but without getting off into things that we really think are harmful. Like all of us that are in leadership in this group. I think are on a pretty similar like theological standing. And then of course you, you help us out moderating for us and you probably have a more distinct flavor because you're a minister for a very, very specific uh, denomination. I don't know if Lutherans call it denomination or not. No, we, we do. We, I mean, we make it difficult and, and sometimes don't use the term, but that's, right. that's what it is. But I mean, it's just, like, and, and the, it's, we want to be what we call post-denominational in the sense that we mean it. It's not, I want to say that like there's, if you look up post or interdenominational on Wikipedia, you actually get some sort of weird uh, Pentecostal movement. And that's not at all what we're saying. We're trying to yeah. say that like, we, we don't want to really look at those dividing lines. We want to focus on the gospel and we want to focus on the really important doctrines and make sure people have those because honestly people get off into some really crazy stuff. And I mean, the furry fandom in particular is a place that people are really creative and sometimes into some spirituality kind of stuff. They can get a, a little bit weird and we want to help people rein it back in because having your imagination is great and being able to use your creative outlets as a lens that you can kind of magnify or examine your faith through i think is fantastic but you don't want to distort it either and so we we want to be able to accommodate as many people as we can we want to make as many people as possible comfortable but we absolutely can't um on certain issues just say, oh, well, that's fine if we really don't think that it is, especially if we think that it's harmful. And so I know that Jude and I have talked a lot just in personal conversations about the difference between primary and secondary and tertiary issues. And, you know, there there comes a time where we have to, to take a, a more firm stance on some stuff. But I think, like, that's probably one of the bigger things is that we, we want we, – we want to have good conversations and we we want to be as – open-ended as we can while still maintaining a conservative uh, framework. And also that word conservative, I know it gets loaded. So let me say what I mean by it. <laughs> yeah, conservative, yeah. it's probably better like preservative, right? We want to preserve what we we believe that the faith and the text really say. It's not affiliated with some, some sort of movement, but we just, we want to make sure that we're actually doing things that are actually biblical. Yeah. Uh, so it's already complicated. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, no, I I get it. It's it's difficult to understand. And and, and since you've outed me as a moderator on this server. <laughs> no, I didn't know um it was <laughs> no, it wasn't it, no, it's not a secret. It's it's a running so it's a running gag on on Christcord that anytime anybody uh anybody encounters a, a Christian furry, um they'll send me an invite to whatever server they have and inevitably I end up being involved in the moderation team. Now I'm not a furry myself, neither have I ever been one. Um but it's it's 
it's interesting to kind of get, get a perspective of, of these different groups. Um, a lot of times I get, I get invitations and people say, Hey, join this discord group. It's, um, originally I got the invitation to this server, for example, um, a friend of mine for, for many years sent me an invite and he says, uh, I I'm concerned. I don't know that much about, you know, religion and stuff. I want you to check out the server, see if it's a joke, see if I'm going to go on there and they're just going to mock me for my Christian beliefs or see if they're kind of, you know, really weird, like believing really bizarre kind of spiritualist. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Kind of, kind of the creative mm-hmm. spiritualist, everybody makes up their own, you know, what does Christianity mean to you type thing. So yeah. I actually ended up joining the server uh, back in the day and just say, just for the the sake of, okay, I'll check, like the only reason I'm here is because I'm going to check this server out um, and 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 grill grill the people there and see you know how how it's working and I ended up sticking around because uh, I I really like what's going on here I like I like what you guys do and I can make contrast again the running joke is that uh, on, on Christcore they call me the apostle to the furries <laughs> because <laughs> because inevitably people keep inviting me to these servers more and more I think I'm on eight of them now uh, I'm an admin on two of them and they just made me the server owner on uh, on a third and that was not something i asked for <laughs> but i gotta stop <laughs> you right there and say i'd really like for people to stop calling you that because you can't really be the apostle to the furries until you start a furry church and oh god please oh jeez that. <laughs> okay so you left one part first out and this first is one thing that i really want to shout from the top of the mountains okay because yeah. people have mistaken cff is like some sort of church thing even people that come interested in the group because they want to be part of it and it's one thing we've tried to make in clear in all bold all caps we are not a church neither do we think we should be a church and we can't even offer proper pastoral um, help like we might can give some shepherding somewhat, but we can't properly do that because we don't have anybody ordained as a pastor here, like short of you. But you know, <laughs> but but th- even, we, even not a so, church. Yeah, this is so, and this is something that that I try to emphasize with with people who contact me. I mean, I do have an ordination, I do have a call, but I have a call to a church and. Right. This Discord server and no other Discord server, that is not my church. My church is a physical location, and I am the pastor to those people. Now, I can, as a brother in Christ, uh, offer advice and counseling to other people. Um, I can even hear confession and, and pronounce absolution. But people need their own church. They need their own mm-hmm. pastor. Amen. Um, and they need to go to this. And and what I've seen uh, from, from this server that you guys have is, is not and you're very clear about this, is it's not a replacement for church. It's a supplement where people can can go and be with other other Christians and do things like Bible study and have conversations with other Christians. And sometimes it's just good to be in an environment uh, with people who are fellow Christians. Now, this in particular, I think that this server serves a, a, a niche um, need where there are a lot of people uh, in this in that furry fandom that struggle with, um, you know, we struggle with the faith and struggle with finding others in the faith because uh, one thing that I uh, that I've seen from the many people I've interacted with online is people online are pretty mean. They can be mm. mean, um, you know, across the spectrum, but they are particularly mean to Christians. Uh, and, and if there's a group where there aren't very many Christians, um, then it's really easy to feel kind of targeted and, and and alone if you don't have you know people to identify with. So I think that this group kind of offers. Um, offers that that haven, that additional 
supplement of, of here are some people that you can be friends with and you know that they're not going to mock you for your faith. And in fact, they may actually help you kind of strengthen your faith uh, through Bible study, through praying with you, uh, through mutual advice and consolation of, you know, the brotherhood. Um, so I, I, I think that that's definitely, that's, that's what I perceive as a benefit um, of, of, this, of this thing, this work that you guys are doing. Um, so I'm going to continue with, with some of these questions. And keep in mind that some of these questions are based off of the article or some of the articles that were kind of written about the interviews uh, that you guys participated in. Um, so if they're just, if they sound absurd to you, blame the people who wrote the, uh, who wrote the articles. Cause that's, <laughs> that's where they, that's where they come from. So the first question I have is, is the Christian furry fellowship, is it homophobic? No, no. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can ask clarifying questions if you want to, but I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. There's going to yeah. be people that are going to say we're homophobic if they want to. Yeah, they can so, say what they want to say. So the 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 the, the crux of the matter is, um, the sexual ethics have always been a very hot touch point when it comes to you know people finding objections to, to the Christian faith. Yeah. We, we live in a, a very individualistic world that, that basically says that you are your own captain of, of, of your own life. You, you, you're in charge of your destiny. You have complete autonomy, and no one can tell you what to do in any case or in any way. And if someone does tell you what to do, then you, can only, then you only really need to do it if you agree to it. You know, and and in that case, it's really just you, you know, being the one in charge anyway. So when it comes to sexual ethics, like I said before, this is one of those things where, you know, people have always said, we don't like Christianity because they, you know, the God of Christianity tells us what we can do with our bodies. Well, yeah, he, he can. And while a, a simple podcast is not the place to go over the entire breadth of scripture about, you know, what God tells us we can do, why God is the one who can tell us what to do, and how our response to that, you know, factors in, even if it's not, you know, the, the, the uh, number one thing. You know, it's important to recognize that um, the biblical, the, the, the traditional biblical uh, Christian sexual ethic is one that can be um, reduced. I don't want to say reduced, but can be uh, stated very simply, you know, do not have sex with someone who is not your married spouse and don't lust. And the thing is, if we use those, if we use uh, uh, that particular type of, of, uh, uh, standard line, then that actually cuts out a, a lot of of bad behavior, so to speak, that people are indulging in that they shouldn't. So you know, we, we're not homophobic in that we say, "Oh, hey, gay people are evil. You need to, you know, stop being gay." Here's my conversion therapy camp that you need to go to. No, abs absolutely not. Uh, but the scriptures do say that you know. It, they, they do say that it, that you know two people can't have sex uh, who aren't supposed to, and we, we will stick to that. 
the scriptures also say that if you lust in your in, in your in your mind and in your heart, and basically if you dwell on ideas or fantasies that are that you know portray something sinful, then yeah, um, you know that's that's off limits too. Uh, but that that takes a lot of things off limits anyway. So not just n- not just uh, you know homosexual practice, you know. So we do not say, oh, if you're gay, then you're not allowed in here. What we do say is, you know, if you are attracted to members of the same sex, members of your same gender, you know, you are you are welcome here. But just like we would expect, you know, straight people not to talk about, their, you know, not to indulge or celebrate illicit sex, their illicit sex life so to speak, you know, we say the same thing, you know, applies to, you know, uh, the, you know, our, our same sex attracted uh, constituency, our, our brothers and sisters who are, who are like that. We don't say no, just because you, you, you have, you know, you're, you're a sexual minority. We do draw a line and we have convictions about, excuse me, we do have a draw a line and we have con- convictions about what, the scriptures say that we are able to do. Now, that being said, the furry fandom is very affectionate. And just because of, of how it's developed throughout the years, people express themselves with, you know, with intimacy and affection that, you know, would probably get labeled as gay, so to speak. Anyway, even if it's not, you know, so... We, 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 we happily say, okay, if you want to hug a, a friend, if you want to tell a friend that you love them, if you, you know, if you want to, you know, be emotionally intimate, emotionally close, even emotionally intense with another person, you know, the scriptures basically say, okay, a, a, affection, intimacy, those kinds of things are good and are virtuous and, um, you're welcome to participate in them, but here's the wisdom that God gives us for 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 how to how to do that. And you know that's 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 where we stand. So you know as as long as you don't as long as you don't come in and say, oh hey, I'm I'm sleeping with you know every other person uh, in in my high school class. You know whether or not they are gay or straight, that would basically say we we that would basically you know get our attention and tell them, okay, well you you, you can't continue to do that and be a part of us here so yeah that that kind of thing it's like i'm i'm a married straight male if you want to really label me very specifically but it wouldn't be appropriate for me to come into the chat room and start talking about my sex life there either even if we say that's right and then um i also want to point out like part of part of the issue i think is that we we also don't like here specifically, I have heard of other servers, and I think of one Christian furry server where people just flat out start calling people out, like in the leadership, like, well, you're just not a Christian then. And I am very strong in my feelings that that's just not appropriate to do in the first place. And so, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like the whole issue around gay marriage and things like that is a little, a little bit of, a, I don't know exactly where it falls, but it's not a primary issue. And this maybe to some people may 
makes me crazy liberal, but I don't think that everybody's going to ha- – I don't think anybody's going to have everything just perfect in their ideology in this life. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I, don't, I don't think that our sinful fallen world makes us capable of doing that. And yeah. I think it is quite plausible that there can be somebody that on this particular issue or another has gone off the rails but has done it in good faith. They have believed the gospel, and they have maybe, before they came to salvation, were already involved in it so that it's something that's quite normal to them, and it's just not what God chooses to work on for that person. And I feel that way maybe partially because I've rebelled against like the classic evangelical upbringing that I had where I would hear stories of people saying, well, when I got saved, God took that alcohol out of my hand and the cuss words out of my mouth. And that's the way that they think that it happens, <laughs> that there is no long like salvation process. It's like you get saved and then you're just supposed to know better, except on these small things that we just think is commonplace, yeah. right? And so yeah. even though it's a little bit weird, I think it's quite possible that I can actually worship Christ beside somebody that I don't agree with. It's a hundred percent on some of these issues. There's some things that like I'm not comfortable with in the sense that like this is bad enough and clear enough that I don't want to 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 have this conversation with you. Mm. But somebody that's in that particular camp, I don't think that that's so far out. It's not necessarily like always super comfortable, but it's not because of something gross about that person so much as it's just any time you have disagreements. And you're afraid that it could become something that's a point of friction. That's always uncomfortable. Yeah. No. Thank. Uh, thank you so much for that. Yeah. That's. Um, it, it's a difficult topic um, because of all all these things that, that you guys mentioned, and I think that there's a lot of nuance. I think that it's possible to dis- disagree with somebody and to love can them. I, can I just add one more thing though, too? Because I'm. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. This was important, and I, I was forgetting it for a minute. I would also say that. While we do have a particular stance on it, and we're we're telling you that like we we would say we're not homophobic, it's not simply that we're not going to be hateful to people like that. It's also that I don't think that any in our of our leadership think it would be appropriate to glorify straightness either, nor is it appropriate to uh, glorify relationships. It's actually something in recent years I've come to realize it's actually really toxic sometimes in the church that we have glorified relationships and so many people are so hung up on being in a relationship that it actually distracts them from what they should be focusing on in their faith. And so we, we're not going to do that either. We're not homophobic. We're not here to pick on you because of your same sex attraction. If you want to have conversations about how, like what's biblical, what's not, we are ready to have those conversations, but we don't want to sit here and make that our, our main point, And we're not going to glorify the, uh, what we would consider good alternatives either. Yeah, I think that, I mean, in terms of any any sort of Christian church or organization is kind of going to run into this this issue of, on one hand, you want to stay biblical and say, you know, sin is sin, and the consequences of sin is death. But on the other hand, you don't want to fall into the trap of, of kind of salvation by legalism, saying, oh, if you cut this sin out of your life, then you're saved. Um, right. Because even if you can do that, even if you've got an addictive sin, or even if you've got this sin that, that you absolutely hate, say you cut it out of your life, if you don't have a forgiveness of sins, then it, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> if you don't have Christ, then 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 trying to be as good as you possibly can doesn't matter. And if you do cut this sin out of your life, that doesn't make you sinless either. You'll always have another sin uh, that, that you're struggling with. And that's the thing. Right. I mean, you're saved by grace through faith. That's justification. Sanctification is you struggle with that sin possibly for the rest of your life. 
And it's hard and, for some people to, to deal with, but sometimes they have to, they have to be kind of, I don't want to say comforted, but yet to a degree comforted with the fact of, you know what, there, there are some people, there are some Christians that struggle with, and with a sin, it, just like yours, their entire life and never cease having that temptation. But they firmly cling to their to their forgiveness in Christ on the cross, and that's what saves them. Not Amen. their ability to resist sin, but the work of Christ on the cross. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I mean yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah just one last thing about this mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, one something that is always a uh, not a hot button issue. It's something that people always tend to bring up, or uh, something that. I always see reflected in the folks that are here is the idea that struggle, especially in the Christian life means that you don't have it all together or, or you don't have it, you know, properly. On or, the contrary. Yeah. Yeah. Completely opposite. The, um, like, uh, the, the whole idea that in our okay, so it's not just it's not just the world on the outside, but the Christian our Christian subculture also does this to us. But you know, we we think that if we if we have victory, we will conquer, and we won't have we won't struggle, we won't have these mistakes that we have to deal with anymore. You know, we will be able to move forward without thinking about you know the places where we're weak, the places where you know if you know we get capped in the knee, where we'll buckle or or something. Where, where, you know, it's like I said, it's the complete opposite. So I'm sure you, you have, uh, I'm sure you probably even used the, uh, this terminology before, but uh, it's the theology of the cross versus the theology of glory, yeah. where, you know, the God uses the weak things of the world. He uses our struggle. He uses our confusion, even uh, you know, he, he will even use our mistakes and even our sin to a point, you know, to help us, you know, move out of that. But the very fact that we are weak and that we have cracks in, in you know, in, in our lives, th- that we have, uh, you know, that we don't have things all together, that is just a sign that, you know, if, if you're, well, if you're clinging to Christ, if you're looking towards the cross, if you're, if you trust in God's promises that, you know, he is working through you to put you in the place where he needs, he wants you to be eventually. And that's, that's a glorious thing, you know? So, but yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah absolutely. And, and then, yeah, that, I mean, what you're saying reminds me of Paul talks about he has a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to harass him and, and God, and he prays, you know, that God remove this thing from him. And we don't know specifically what it was, but the idea being that uh, this kept him humble, this, 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 whatever it was, this affliction or temptation or whatever it was, um, kept him focused on Christ because otherwise it would be easy for him to focus on himself. Um, I want to, I want to really quickly, uh, one of the things you guys are talking about. Um, and again, so this is, this is, uh, this is something that I know a lot of the the listeners might be well, a lot of the listeners, all four of the <laughs> the people who listen to this podcast, three of them might be thinking this as I say, man, every time I run into these these furry weirdos, they're always doing like this this hugs and all this other stuff, and it's really affectionate. And and from my perspective um, as as a marine, I, I I get it. Like the the free hugs thing, the where people run up to each other and just you know, give strangers hugs. To me, that always kind of weirded me out. And there's other societies when I was in China, it was, if, if you put your hand on somebody's shoulder, I mean, in America, you can do that. If you do that in China, it's a, it's a gross violation of kind of, um, 
kind of personal space boundaries, but I also understand that that there, that there are differences in 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 cultures and even in, in some subcultures. Again, I think of, okay, well, you know, I'm a big tough Marine and I don't like people touching me. But, um, when I was in boot camp, when I was doing, doing work and, and stuff like that, and you had to, you had to huddle in a, in a fighting hole or something, or you had to share, share a sleeping bag, or you had to, you know, do any of these things. You get really physically close to other people in a way that you don't even think about. You're like, okay, you know, we have to share, we have to share a tent together, you know, uh, and you don't think anything about it. You don't think it's, you know, it's, it's eros or romantic or anything like that. It's just part of the culture is, um, this is, this is what we do. And what came to my mind is this, this thing that keeps coming up. If you've ever seen these people say this about, about, um, figures in, in fiction all the time, they'll say it about, uh, in, in the Lord of the Rings, they'll say it about Samwise and Frodo. Uh, they'll say it about any time that there's a close friendship, people automatically assume, or there's any sort of physical contact, people automatically assume Eros. And, and I wanted to quote C.S. Lewis as one of my favorite quotes. He says, those who cannot conceive friendship as a substantive love, but only as a disguise or elaboration of Eros, betray the fact that they have never had a friend. The rest of us know that though we can have erotic love and friendship for the same person, yet in some ways, nothing is less like a friendship than a love affair. Lovers are always talking to one another about their love. Friends hardly ever talk about their friendship. Um, lovers are normally face-to-face absorbed in each other. Friends are side-by-side absorbed in the same common interest. Above all, Eros, while it lasts, is necessary between two only, but but two, far from being necessary, the necessary number for friendship is not even the best. Uh, and, and this concept of you will have groups and again, people might think it's weird because they're not part of groups like this, but you'll have groups of, of friends who they're close and that closeness is is everything from, you know, patting each other on the back and, and hugging each other and, and all this, you know, all this sort of icky, touchy stuff, you know, <laughs> physical contact <laughs> that a lot of us are like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hug, hug another dude. Would you hug your, would you hug your dad? Would you hug your, your kids? Would you hug your best friend? Like if you actually you put yourself- your would you hug your yeah. son? Yeah, if you put yourself in that in that context, you're like, okay, you know, I guess I guess if this was something that I was used to, this it wouldn't be weird, and I wouldn't have you know weird thoughts and feelings about it. So from the outsider perspective, looking in, they can look at these things and say, okay, I'm, I'm reading this as romantic, uh, but from the people who are engaged in, in close friendship, a lot of the times they're not even thinking about that. They're just like, oh, it's my buddy. I'm so glad to see him, uh, and and that's just the way it is. But you know, again, unless you're actually in that. Yeah. And that friendship, it's hard to, it's hard to, to, to see that. So let me, so let me ask another, so this is going to be, this is going to be a, probably a fairly short question to answer. But again, think about this from the perspective of somebody who knows nothing about this group. Why do you call yourselves Christians? Hmm. Oh, that was the whole question. I that was we- it. That was I it. thought yeah, he was so, going to ask us questions about like the the snuggling part. <laughs> oh, the snuggling! Oh, you guys could talk. I mean, again, I don't, I don't. I'm not without a son. <laughs> you can. I mean, <laughs> I don't have any questions about snuggling. Sorry, I didn't write any. And we're better for it, probably. But <laughs> somebody in the comments says, "Talk more about snuggles." <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody else in the chat. Also earlier said that they're a little bit weird about lovey huggy things. And like, that's the thing. One, you're only seeing the people in chat snuggling who are comfortable with it. Go count the people that you never see make snuggly comments. Number yeah, one. Yeah. Number yeah, two, yeah and I'm among those. <laughs> are role playing tech. When people are role playing in text about hugging and snuggling each other. Some people are comfortable doing that, but that doesn't mean they would be comfortable doing it in person in part because 
when you're a furry and you're like mimicking somewhat animal behavior, cat brothers will snuggle each other in the rays coming through the sun, and it's just because it's warm, right? <laughs> no one ever think, thinks that's weird. But then, oh, thirdly, weird. you yeah. you mentioned family, <laughs> right? You mentioned family. Well, that's the thing. In person, physically, when you get to the point with a friend that you don't want to call them a friend anymore, but you want to call them like your brother, you do want to hug them. That's part of crossing that line for a lot of people. There are people who have a cultural idea that that's weird, and so it feels uncomfortable. But John did lay on Jesus' breast, and it wasn't, in my opinion, because they were gay. It was because they were really close. And that's one of the most intimate moments that we have to see that we have a God who genuinely cares for you and wants you to be intimately affectionate with him as a family member. Yeah, I think Which, about the uh, military. So, so again, the military experience keeps coming up. You know, you've got this idea where people say, well, you know, mas- you know, masculinity and manliness or whatever wouldn't have any of that cuddling. Go ahead, oof. go ahead and find, go ahead and find uh, two men who served in the same unit and went through something really serious together and got close. I guarantee uh, that they that they've greeted each other with a with a hug, or they'll call each other brother, or you know, wh- whatever. And, and they will be closer uh, closer than than many many other people, in spite of how masculine and you know masculine they are. That's that's. Sometimes that's an expression. That's just an expression of, of brotherly love. Philos. So, oh, you guys are dodging the question. Why do you call yourself? No, 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 Christian? no, no. I was waiting. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't cut Jude off if he had something to add. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, Jude. Am I good to ask? Well, I, I was. I was basically saying that uh, Tom's a uh, Tom's little comment was a, a very good uh, um, was a very good segue into the actual question. Oh yeah, you know where you know you know where God invites us to you know be be part of His uh, family, but uh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I call myself I call myself a Christian because uh, I I trust in God's promises in, in in Jesus Christ. So you know I I know that I am a sinner and I have not done everything that I need to do. I've not treated people how they how they need to be need to be treated i've not treated myself like i have you know needed to treat myself and i most certainly have not treated and loved or glorified god as he ought to be treated in, in my life and you know as a sinner that puts me that puts me outside of uh the kingdom of god and so yeah like any kind of rebel you know that is uh that's a very, very bad place to be. But, you know, I trust in God's promises that, you know, if, if I have, if my faith is in Christ, if, that, uh, you know, that he is my substitute and my representative before God, that he took my sins on the cross and he died for, he died for my sins and he rose again as a, as a promise uh, for the future. So, yeah, I have bowed my knee to King Jesus and I have yielded my life to him. You know, I'm not perfect in that. He's still training me to be, uh, you know, in, in the family business of loving other people. Um, and I'm not perfect in that yet. But that faith and that trust in Christ, that, that faith and that confidence in God's promises, yeah, that is the reason why I'm a Christian. That's, that's, why, I, I, that's why I call myself a Christian. Yes. Thank you. What about All you, right. Tom? 
So you, you phrased the question as, why do I call myself a Christian? Yes. Okay, so like me as an individual, why do I call myself a Christian? Yeah, just imagine that somebody is, is somebody saying, well, everybody knows furries can't be Christian, so what gives you the right? Why do you call yourself a Christian? Well, can you find me a Bible verse that says furries can't be Christian? Like you said, everybody knows that. Well, every everybody knows lots <laughs> of things, apparently. But everybody knows the opposite. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's to me, it's just really a dumb question. Like, when you say that, if you don't have a Bible verse that says furries can't be Christians, then that means that you're implying some other message, either about furries or about Christianity somehow. And so I really need to know what that implication is, if that's the problem. But just in general, what what does being a Christian mean to me? Why, why do I call myself a Christian? And the short answer would just simply be, that I'm clinging to Jesus for dear life. And like a longer answer, I guess, for me, uh, actually kind of ties in the why can you be a furry and a Christian at the same time? And the weird part is, is that I feel like me getting to where I am as a Christian and growing in the faith actually involved God using something as bizarre as the Christian furry intersection because I was not in a very good place spiritually, and I stumbled upon the group and joined it and got immersed. Like, I was in a very closed, fundamentalist, almost holiness Christian sort of little church thing, KJV only, and all of the weird, superstitious, fundamentalism baggage that came with it. And I got immersed in a group of people that came from different backgrounds and were more free thinkers. And I could be myself with them and have conversations and see different perspectives and not have to worry about whether or not it was going to be just shut down or me automatically just be labeled as a heretic or something. And it wasn't until I had that free space to talk in that I feel like I was able to to really develop true faith because when I was growing up in church I was terrified all the time that I wasn't saved because I don't think it was presented properly it was all about this ABC plan about getting saved or it was all about how well the Holy Spirit's got to draw you first and then you can get saved but if it doesn't draw you then you can't actually get saved in that moment or because it, it, it wasn't like oh well, the Holy Spirit's drawing people at all times it was like no there's this one moment where you're going to feel like you're having a heart attack in the pew and that's when you can get saved and if that door is not open then you can't and also Jesus can only he's only obligated to call you one time so if you missed it then you might just be damned forever <laughs> and like so that's I terrifying. was just terrified very I couldn't very stand much so to hear. I could not stand to hear people like for somebody to ask me well are you saved because I didn't know how to answer the question all I knew is that I want to be I desperately want to follow Jesus. And some people to in, in like my current church setting, I feel like they would still hear that and be like, oh, well, you can be, as if you're not. And yeah, or that you should of recognizing, question it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it might be something to have a conversation about, but some people, they'll hear that and they'll say, oh, they don't know without a shadow of a doubt that they would know where they're going if they died right now. And so to them, that's just like, okay, we got to get them saved. And it's like, no, no, you need to discern and ask the question that you just asked. What is it to be a Christian? And I was sitting in that old backwards fundamental Baptist church. And I remember 
somehow just this correlation. I had discovered the song "All My Hope," that's by David Crowder, I believe. And if I'm getting the name, I I might be messing the name up. But the the chorus of that song goes, "All my hope is in Jesus," you know, and it, and it goes on. And that was that was my refrain because I got to this point, and this didn't come until like I'd already like started having co- more conversations and realized that it didn't have to be the way that everybody had made it out to me. And I don't know if you would say that that was necessarily the point where I got saved, but that was the point where I actually started getting to rest in Christ was after that point. And I was already in the fandom at this point. And it was recognizing that there is not a magic button somewhere that I can press. There is not some ritual prayer that I can pray. There is no right time to get saved. It's literally just a matter of are you placing your faith in jesus or not and so i i at some point recognized like i was crying out like jesus i can't do it i can't find the magic button i can't figure out what i'm doing wrong what is it i just i want to be saved i don't want to go to hell i just I, i want to be saved and i finally just said you're my only hope you're my only hope you're all I've got. And I had to realize, I, like, it was a moment of realizing there's nothing I can do to save myself. Only Jesus can save me. And that wasn't a ma- matter of saying some magical ABC prayer, but it was when I finally realized that me putting my faith in Christ is not something so much that's active. It, like, there is an active component in continuing to be faithful to Christ. But me being a Christian and me placing my faith in Christ is recognizing that there's a God of this universe who set the moral law, and I have no say in that matter. He is just and authorized to do it. I am completely guilty under that law. I am incapable of doing anything about my own guilt. And if I do go to heaven, which I believe that I will because of the promises that are in the Bible, if I am saved from my sin, from final eternal judgment, it will only be because Jesus Christ had mercy on me for believing that he was who he said he was. Amen. Amen. And to me, even though like that story could have come about in any other context, I do feel like I was able to get to that point faster by having good friends that I could talk talk and confide to that we're not in that particular church setting that I like were a bit more diverse because I had a lot of my 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 beliefs challenged and like I was able I was actually able to get away from feeling like I had to read out of a King James Version Bible from talking to Jacob (laughs) (laughs) another friend of ours by the way yeah, yeah. For 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 folks who who don't who don't yeah. know who we're not familiar. Jacob yeah, J- yeah, Jacob. Unfortunately, he couldn't he couldn't make it. He had a prior obligation. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So and so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a little bit of personal experience here. You know, this is one of, one of the questions people ask me. So obviously, you know, obviously I call myself a Christian. Uh, I put Reverend in front of my name and everything like that. Uh, and and I would call myself a Christian for the same reason that you guys do. And you know, believe in the uh, the faith that I have and that Christ died for my sins. He's my Lord and Savior. Um, and, and one of the questions that people ask me a lot is they say, why do, you, why do you bother with the furries? Why do you interact so much with the furries? And the, what you kind of explained answers the question. Like, these are, you guys, turns out, are human beings uh, who need Christ just as much as everybody else. And sometimes that's the only inter- interaction you might have um, with, with the gospel is kind of 
brother brotherhood fellowship with 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 other Christians. So if there are Christians who are interacting with furries, or if there are specifically a, a group of Christian furries, then that may be somebody's only interaction with Christianity. And the Holy Spirit can work through that and work through Scripture and those people to to uh, to bring about faith as well. Um, so yeah, I've actually got okay. We're going to get a bit, a, a bit more spicy with the questions, uh, and you kind of oh, know in boy. advance what what they are, so you know where this is where this is going. We currently have 16, 16 members in the audience and three speakers right here, so we'll see if everybody leaves in a mass exodus when I start asking these questions. But again, consider that the people who are listening, the, the three three people who are listening to this recording, are going to want to know the answers to this. So this is your chance to set the record straight. Now, the question I have is. Why are you a part of a culture that is so steeped in sin? And I'm talking about the furry fandom. And, you know, I don't think I need to, you know, we don't need to talk, we don't need to convince anybody that there, that there is a, a major sin glorification problem in, in the furry fandom writ large. But that being said, why are you a part of a culture that is so steeped in sin? Why would you share an identity with those people? That is a spicy question. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Hmm. So this goes back to the the different questions, the different answers that we have uh, given about, you know, why, well, when, why we're Christians and, you know, what's the, what, you know, what the furry fandom is in, in, in its entirety and, and, and all that. So God is so good and his goodness and his love and his delight in blessing people um most of uh most uh assuredly by giving them uh, putting them in right relationship with himself you know is one of those wonderful things that everyone really needs to experience um unfortunately the christian subculture uh is one that his is uh I don't want to say it's sterile, but it likes it likes to take a hands off or it likes to huddle in in and of itself. So basically, if you see, you know, if you see people doing bad things over in that corner, then you avoid that corner. You know, if if uh, at least in, in one aspect, you avoid that corner. I am part of the fandom because well, okay, there's two reasons why I'm part of the fandom. One, on one hand, uh, being a furry, the furry fandom itself is, is a hobby, plain and simple. It's a fun part of a re recreational life, and it's basically where I and other people can connect and, you know, in, in, a, in a fun way. We, we have some common ground because we are fans of anthropomorphic uh imagery, anthropomorphic characters, you know, the stories and the creativity that comes from that. You know, that is a, that is a great, great thing, you know, and, but in, it's like every other, every other hobby that has emerged out of, you know, in, out of the modern world. It's like anime or it's like video gaming. It's like, you know, people who are uh, uh, like fans of a particular TV show, you know, it's a place where you can find common ground and where you can interact with other people, even without having to interact with other people. And, you know, unfortunately, everything 
that is human, anything that involves a human being can be contaminated and brought down by our self, our selfishness and our sinful impulses and, and, and whatnot. And so just like, just like the anime, uh, the, the anime fandom has some really, really bad spots, just like, you know, video games can have their dark CD underbellies. You know, the fandom has its own dark CD, uh, CD underbelly. Unfortunately, because of how the fandom is and how the world is developed, its underbelly is unfortunately a little more visible to the rest of the world. And the rest of the world kind of has their own assumptions about, about what things are. And so one reason why I associate with a, a fandom that is so steeped in sin is that, well, it's a fun place to be, and that CD underbelly is not different than any other any other fandom uh, in the, in the modern world. The very fact that more people see it is just a quirk of uh, the modern world. Um, the other reason why I um, participate in in the fandom is because I want to be. Uh, let's see how to, how do how do I put this so. I say this every time I go into Bible study, every time, you know, the, the topic comes up, the reason why God created, uh, God created us, God created humanity is so that, you know, he, he would have, uh, he, he wants human beings to, to be his partners in making the good world that he has created even better. And part of making the good world better, especially in the situation where the world has fallen now is that we, uh, uh, we become conduits uh, uh, of his love and his blessing into places that don't that where his his love and his blessing aren't readily seen. So, when I am part of the fandom, it's as if you know God is expressing his love and demonstrating his love through my through my words, through my actions, through my fingers, even as if, uh, you know, as, uh, it, it, just as uh, it, it's one of those things where I am a light for Christ. I may not be in a very visible place, but I, I am a light. And my love for God and God's love for me and God's love for the world should be reflected in, in my life. And it should be reflected out into the 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 overall fandom because the fandom is not, not going to get better if people keep retreating away from you know ministering and reaching out to it it it, it needs the touch of 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 god in in order to uh in order to get better at all so what one of my favorite uh accounts in the gospels is uh whenever like um when jesus basically when jesus heals a leper and he reaches out and he you know the, he reaches out with his hands and he touches the leper and the the holy the holiness of god you know heals the person and you know god's cleans, cleansiness and his life and his love you know basically banish the death of that disease from the person so while my involvement with the fandom isn't as spectacular or as flashy as a miracle uh like uh like the healing of the leper it is fundamentally the same thing god is reaching out into the fandom uh 
And he's touching the fandom with his love and his light and his holiness. And he's healing it. Some, somehow, in some small way, through, through my ability to, you know, be a part of this, uh, of this hobby. And I wouldn't trade that for the world because, you know, I'm serving people and I'm doing, uh, I'm essentially doing what I was created to do, you know, partner with God and make this good world even better and to help reconcile fallen world to himself. And that's, uh, you know, I get, I get to have fun while doing it. So yeah, there's that. (laughs) Well, thank you. What about, what about you, Tom? It's like okay, so I'm not. Con- I don't. I don't feel like I'm contradicting myself here. But we did talk about like homophobia and being like uncomfortable earlier, that kind of thing. And I'm not. I'm not talking about that specifically. But there are people that make all of us uncomfortable. And some people like ask. I think this question because they would see certain furries and the kind of getup that they're in and the sort of activities that they're participating in, and they just see that as part of the overall group. And me as a mathematician who has to teach freshmen who don't care about sets um <laughs> i i don't think that that's actually a good way to make that association anyway just from a set <laughs> perspective but yeah. the other thing is is like yeah those people make you uncomfortable yeah me too <laughs> and the people that i'm participating with in the furry fandom typically aren't like that or at least don't make it known to me and if somebody does have that interest well we're not focusing on that and i do have friends uh, in the furry fandom that may actually be involved in some stuff that people would say are she- uh, shady and seedy, but they don't make it known to me, and that's not what our friendship's about, for sure. There, There is an intersection amongst all furries, I hope, that we all like anthropomorphic animals. And there might be some things that in the Christian furry circle that typically don't come in because we, we would say, okay, well, that's not appropriate. But I mean, some people, I, I guess another thing I would say is this. Um, I know that if you go looking up the origin of the furry fandom, there's sometimes a dispute about whether or not it started as a sexual sort of interest group. And um, there are some things that point to, yes, that for a lot of the people or all of the people that were originally interested that was highly sexual. But I don't think that that necessarily means that it has to be defined that way because it's always been, in my opinion, a thing that people have made their own. Juju been around longer, so would you would you agree with that? Like people that get involved in the fandom bring their own interest and creativity to it and make it their own thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, most certainly. Uh, so it, yeah. So if a large group of people want to enjoy, like you know, key characteristics of furries or funny animals or anthropomorphic animals, cartoon animals, whatever, and personas, and they bring their own positive creativity to it, but don't particularly want to subscribe to some of the other things that they would view as like not appropriate, why can't they do that? So I don't feel like I'm associating with something that is innately sinful. I think that it's something that gets stereotyped as being gross and sinful because there are some people that do participate in those things, and some of the people that are involved don't think there's anything wrong with it, especially because they're not even believers. I think that it's more obvious in the furry fandom, some of the things that go on, but I also think it's everywhere. And I actually wrote a blog post. I don't want to advertise the name of it right now because it's it's on our website that's kind of – uh, uh, probably a little broken, I think. Don't visit our website. <laughs> yeah, not not yet. Give us some time. We we need to find if hey, 
if you're listening to this and you have a passion for Jesus and, and can tolerate furries and like think that you'd be really good at doing some web development volunteer, uh, reach out. <laughs> We'd like to hear from you. Um, How are they going to reach out? Are they going to check your website? <laughs> I guess. I guess maybe they can comment on the video or to you or I mean, they can I guess they, they could send an email to us. But like I stay so busy that I don't know if I'll see it in time. So I don't I don't know. Okay, Focus so I've got you come yeah. up with something. You come up with something. How they can contact us, but but here's here's the idea. I, I like to to use the analogy of like tea. If you put tea bags in a pot of water, at first there's no tea in it, and then if you leave the water boiling and then you pull the tea bags out, like you've got the tea and the tea's in there concentrated, and you you turn on the heat, the water which is pure is going to evaporate out, and the tea is not. And it's going to get darker, and it's going to get darker, and it's going to get darker. So if you ask me why I'm involved, even though there's a little bit of heat involved, it's because I know good and well that if I leave, it's just going to get worse. The only reason that it looks probably like there, I feel like there's a good chance that the only reason that the free fandom looks so sinful is because Christians are afraid to be a part of it. I mean, a lot of the people that come into our group, actually, and I came sort of this way, is like, this is a thing like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in this, but is this really something a Christian can do? That's one of the reasons people are asking that question is because they want to be involved and they're afraid that they can't be. And maybe somebody is telling them, no, you can't do that. And so right out the gate, you've got a, like, a sort of, I don't know, think that's selection bias necessarily, but yeah, you've, you've got kind of a bias there about... It's not because it's something wrong. It's because people that know right from wrong are less inclined to be a part of it because they're afraid of sin by association, which I hate, by the way. I mean, I, I, I kind There's... of feel like in the same way that temperance has actually caused a lot of people to be staunchly self-righteous about their, uh, their uh, abstinence from alcohol, um, that – and, and – and being robbed from the joy of Christian liberty in that one particular regard. Sometimes people rob themselves of other certain joys, like enjoying furry artwork, because they're afraid that because there are other people in the bar who don't know how to not get drunk, that that means that nobody's allowed to drink. That's a really interesting comparison. I don't think I've, I've heard that comparison made before, but I really like that. You heard it here first, folks. There you go. (laughs) Not an alcoholic. Copyrighted Tomcat, not an alcoholic, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Tilde, not an alcoholic. The question I have is, do you do you think it's possible to reclaim the name slash title of furry uh, from people who say, well, that's just that's just degeneracy, uh, and kind of tied into on that? I was going to bug you. I don't want to you know spend too too long on this, but uh, somebody mentioned something about a, a group called Burned Furs or Burned Furries or something, and I'm you should make I'm that its familiar. own episode. Yeah, I might make it its own episode. I mean, depending on the interest in this, uh, I may I may end up uh, seeing if I can host on CFF more more regularly. So yeah, actually, you know, that's a good point. I'm going to leave that specific part of the question out, and I'm going to ask you guys uh, both: Do you one? Do you think it's it's possible to kind of reclaim the title or or the 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 name of uh, furry as something where in the future people won't hear it and say, "Ew, that's that group that you know does nasty stuff." Um, and if you do think it's possible, you know, how, how do you expect, how do you expect that it'll be accomplished? And if you don't think it's impossible, how do you anticipate kind of dealing with the fact that, you know, from here to, you know, until Christ returns, um, the name furry might be associated with, you know, people instantly think of kind of the, the, the sinful aspects. 
So whichever one of you or both of you want to. Yeah. Do you, do you do you want to go first or second? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll go first. No, I actually, I went first before. You go first <laughs> this time. Okay, I think that you're gonna have better stuff to say than me anyway, probably. But like, do I think it's possible? Well. Not really. I don't know that it's fully in my control, but then as far as the other question is like, why would I want to? I don't know that there's any need to, because like, for one thing, we've said that like, it's possibly a Christian and a furry, but furry was never an explicitly Christian thing. And I don't think that it needs to be an explicitly Christian thing in the same sense that I don't think any of the other culture stuff that I participate in need to be explicitly Christian. I actually don't like listening to explicitly Christian music all the time. Now, I do like to listen to secular music a good bit because I guess I'm a very bad boy. But I also oh, there really goes hate. all the listeners. Oh, yep, yep, everybody's just oh, hate on Thomas, cancel Thomas. Of course, <laughs> yes. it's hard to somebody when you don't really have a following in the first place, um, I, I'd have to be present more to get canceled. Um, Are you going to be um, famous after this episode? You're going to there. CNN's you go. Going to reach out, and then everybody's going to think this is what I really sound like, and it's not. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I really appreciate bands like Switchfoot. Um, because like, I really like what they had to say, like, um, why, why don't you consider yourself Christian music? And I think it was John, John Foreman's, I think the, the front man, he basically said, Jesus came to save me, not my music. So my, my music really can't be Christian. <laughs> so it's more like for me as a furry and a Christian, then in everything in all my works, I should be committing those to Christ. Whatever comes out of me should just reflect the love of Christ. And that, if that happens to come out of a furry avenue or in some random Lutheran nuts podcast, then so be it, right? But right. I don't think that I need the term furry to suddenly uh, to to have some sort of Christian connotation. And as far as like, can it ever have a clean, uh, like just a clean, like wholesome connotation? For me, it never stopped having that. It never did. That's why I'm I'm part of it right because i don't believe that that's the case so it's like do i think that i can necessarily like fix that or do i want to fix it N not necessarily but i do want more people to maybe start looking into the details of what's going on with a person and their interests and what that entails rather than just listening to the first random uh evangelical blog post that they see just to be honest especially because like you you want to talk to me about whether or not i'm a christian right you can break the the little subtle meaning of the the wheat and the tares and start throwing me out of a church because you uh, think that something about me is sinful or you can get to know me and recognize that i'm on the same struggling path as you right so i don't know i don't think that there's really much of a need to it because i think people are going to think what they, they want to think about it i think there's a lot of inertia that we need to overcome but i do think it's possible to get to the point where you know, you can say, oh, hey, he's a furry. And, you know, people don't automatically say, ew, or no, or, or you know, or, or, or back off or something. So, but, but, okay, like I said, there's a lot of inertia. The, the, the origins of the fandom are murky and weird. Uh, so, you know, whether or not we, you know, it, it started in a place uh where it was just easy for you know things to go go sideways or whether things were you know started out sideways you know it, it functionally doesn't matter anymore but uh i i do think that um there there are enough people currently in the fandom 
and enough followers of Christ, you know, currently in the fandom where we, we could turn, turn it around. Uh, well, I don't want to say turn it around because that's not necessarily what I mean. When people come together to, to do things, like I said, because human beings are involved, there's going to be sin involved. And when there's sin involved, you know, you're, you're always at a, there, there's always a, a tipping point or, or something uh, where, you know, things can go like horrifically wrong. I, I think that with the inertia that we have before us, it, it would it would take a, like a, a concerted effort and uh, perfect conditions. Essentially, we would. I, I think the main thing is that we would we would have to tune the culture in general, the larger culture surrounding um, all hobbies. You know, and just make it just making it to the point where people realize oh hey we don't need things to be sexualized in order for them to to be fun or in order for them to be entertaining you know we we don't need to be you know we, we don't need lewdness in order to express our creativity you know i i think a part i, I think a lot of part of mm, i think a lot of that is the the unfortunate intermeshing of that uh affection and intimacy ha has had with uh sexuality in in our culture um, as of late um but when we can get to the point where it's not necessary for you know people to indulge in vices in order to see the beauty of their creativity or the beauty of their you know commitment and uh love for for one another then you know we will go a long way in just making the world a better place now i have optimistic hopes that you know that is something that can happen before jesus comes again but frankly speaking i i wouldn't be opposed to, to seeing how you know seeing how the lord does it after he comes back from you know after he comes back so you know the, the fandom there, there's always hope for the fandom it'll take a lot of work and uh, it would it'll take a lot of work on both sides, people not giving into the, the stereotypes and people not believing the stereotypes. But it's it's fully possible. Yes. Let me let me interject one thing, because what you said there at the end, like, is, is a good point. So if I don't know, may, maybe I'm too quick to say that, like, why would I want to? But it's just like I feel like people people I, I can't help people's ignorance about things sometimes right if people want to follow stereotypes that's up to them there's sometimes like for the individual i can't do much about it but as far as like in general helping people to think better about it i agree and uh what you were saying jude about like it's going to take tuning the overall culture there might be some good news on that because like it was not like i've noticed recently like i have become interested in it um like bluey has really exploded and I love it, and it it makes me cry, and it's fantastic. And of course, in the same way that like My Little Pony, some people don't claim that, but I mean, people claimed people that were like obsessed with the Lion King and make Lion King sonas as part of the free fandom. So why was My Little Pony different? I don't know, but My Little Pony went some really weird ways uh, that were not positive. And so people are already concerned with Bluey exploding. I saw some like a, a YouTube thread, like people were d discussing this. We already have people making Bluey sonas. And so now oh, there's already geez. discussion, people trying to, to like control that and be like, hey, guys, this is great. Have fun. But could we not make porn this time? That'd be great. So maybe 
that's a good first step towards what you're talking about. Yeah, I think there's a natural inclination, a natural sinful inclination uh, that people have to take something good and to corrupt it into something evil. And something that, you know, I mean, this is, even even good gifts that God gives us can be corrupted into evil with things like overindulgence. So, so alcohol or food, you can overindulge in these things. You can corrupt any of the gifts that God gives you, even including sexuality, including artistic creativity, and, and use these good things for evil. And this is, I think this is an kind of an ongoing struggle that it's across the board spectrum. It's 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 everything, everything good that God has given us. The devil would love nothing more than to take that good thing and corrupt it into evil. And mm-hmm. in addition to corrupting it into evil, make everybody who thinks about it think that it's inherently evil. Whether, again, you think about alcohol or you think about uh, sexuality, God gave that to, to Adam and Eve in the beginning, and it was very good. Um, but then... You know, there's periods of time in history and there's groups that, that would look at, you know, sexuality at all, even between a husband and wife and a God-ordained marriage. They would say, they would look at that and they say, well, this is evil, it's, it's filthy, and it'd be better if this didn't exist at all. Whereas, according to the Bible, this is the portrait of, of Christ and the church. This is, this is the union between the Savior and the saved. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's, I think that this is, this is a common thread with every good thing that God gives us and every sinful inclination, every, every way that, that the devil tries to corrupt something good. So I'm going to start wrapping, wrapping this up. Uh, we have one question from, from Gabe, and then I'd like to ask you guys, you can start formulating kind of uh, 30 second final thoughts after I ask this, uh, ask this question. Um, oh, and Isaac just hyped up a, a question too. I might get that too. I'm going to look at that after I look at Gabe's. So if you could just kind of think up in, in your mind, like a 30 second so you have 30, 30 seconds to, to introduce anything about, say something to the person who has never involved themselves with furries and has never considered that furries could be Christians, has never considered, you know, Christian furry fellowship, anything like that. And they're listening to this for the first time and they're, and they're just thinking, this is so much weird new information. Um, like what, what would you say, what would you say to them? So I, I want you to think about like a 30 second response. I'm going to quickly read Gabe's question and we can get a, we can get a fairly, probably fairly quick answer for this one. Um, Gabe asks, have you guys already mentioned, uh, have you guys mentioned about the furry hobby or the servers to some of your local church members? And if so, what was the feedback? You know, what, what was, what was their reaction? How did you, um, how did you kind of deal with that? Well, I will, I will just say that I, uh, through that interaction, the Lord uh, taught me that I cannot actually uh, share my life with members of my congregation at this present time in my church's life. So yeah, it was a very unfortunate uh, experience and it was not something that I care to uh, um, I, I care to repeat. And the Lord has pretty much every, every essentially every time that I've thought, oh hey, I, I trust this person enough to to share. The, the Lord has basically <laughs> moved the, the the chess pieces into position and and showed me that no, y- you really can't share at this present time. So yeah, it didn't go well. They they weren't very <laughs> amicable i honestly think that they do not like me anymore but uh, you know yeah yeah, it's life is what it is it is what it is i hope you have a uh, a happier story thomas (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I don't know that I have much of a story. I have kind of shared with some people. There is actually, this was, I wasn't super happy about this, but actually a friend of mine outed me to one of the youth that my wife works with. Um, and I wasn't really feeling like I was ready to do that. But, um, and that wasn't an issue, but like it just doesn't really come up much. Like I don't really advertise myself very openly as a furry, partially because like I do represent a church congregation. I do music there and um, I don't want there to be trouble. Like it would, to me personally, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I'd love to be more open about stuff and just tell everybody what's going on. I like to share with people that I'm able to like to, to interact with this group, although I've had to be very inactive lately. Um, because you know, you like to share things like that. And it's, I feel like it is a part of who I am and who God made me actually. Cause I feel like I said, I think God's actively used this community to help shape me as a Christian. So I see it as a positive thing and I'd like to share it. And I do like to, uh, share like more about who I am with people, but at the same time, um, it doesn't just involve me. I have a wife and I have a son and this is where we go to church and my wife also serves. And I don't want it to become an issue that would disrupt us in the church. And I probably have some insecurity there. I don't want my wife to ever feel like I've done something to unnecessarily like cause us trouble and to maybe have to look at moving places. But I think that she also is a lot more like understanding and on my side, like not necessarily on the furry thing specifically as much as just in general, because we don't like this whole idea of people just telling you how you have to, to act and live and the legalism issue. So I, it's, it's kind of the same thing with alcohol. It's like, there's some things that I know are okay. And so I do exercise some private Christian Liberty and try to, to just keep trouble down. But when I find close trusted friends that I feel like I can talk to about it, even with my own congregation, I, I like to, and it's been so far things have been positive, but it's probably cause I'm careful with who I share that with. There's a lot of people that if I did share it with, I don't think they'd even know what it was anyway, though. So, it's not been super important. Do you guys have any kind of final thoughts, uh, any sort of 30 second elevator speech? Um, anything that, that, that you want, that you want people listening to this who aren't necessarily a part of the server, aren't familiar with the community, anything that you want them to hear or know? Follow Christ because not only is he, you know, God's wisdom and the ultimate expression of God's love for us. Uh, but he, in the fandom, he is a very centering, uh, centering influence. He like okay, so Jesus in relationship to the fandom works, you know, just like any anything else. When you put Jesus in the middle, you know, everything falls into place. If you are going through life, as I was at one point being very like cautious about what you're allowed to do and believe based on what other people tell you are safe. Your faith really isn't your own. So I'm not telling you to be a rebel, but be willing to explore and to examine your faith. If you're around people that are spiritually healthy and constructive, in my opinion, they will encourage you to ask questions in good faith. One podcast I listened to said, said it like this reconstructing the fundamentals of what you believe with good theology is a good practice, but the goal should never be to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Cling to Christ 100%. 
And if you want to know if, like, if you have questions about something, ask those questions in good faith and look to good sources. Don't use the first link that comes up on Google. Really look into it. And that you might find that you're more comfortable with the idea of being involved with the furry fandom or with having a conversation with that person you know from a different denomination. Asterisk, disclaimer, don't join known cults. all right thank you guys um is there any way that uh, you would recommend that people so somebody somebody listening to this this podcast for some some reason or another is like hey i want to be a part i want to see this cff for myself uh is there any sort of dedicated way uh that they would get to the server or that they'd be involved in the community or is that kind of uh just tell them to use google and 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 ask around and somebody will have a, a link to the server our terrible website is right now the only uh, clearest way of contacting us, and unfortunately, it's terrible. So uh, it is, yeah. but I mean, I can get you the exact URL if that's what we need to do. Yeah. What we have, what we have historically done is there is the just on the home page, just the home, which maybe maybe we should just go and deactivate everything, but the home page until we're happy with it. But on the home page, there should be an active link to Telegram and Discord. That if you click on them, those will be the default links. And if we have to change one of those links, we're supposed to go and update that on the website. If one of those is not working, then that yeah, that's a bit more of a problem. Then you're out of luck. You can't. Yeah, this is is kind of like a secret a secret club that you can't. So if we, for the other server in that the I'm description, on, we might yeah. need to just put like a contact email for you to like share with people. Oh, not my contact email. I don't, I don't no, ours. Like we might need to put a contact email of ours in in that you can use in your your description of your video or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put some links in the video and uh, the podcast description. Uh, what people tend to do on YouTube when they're listening on YouTube is they'll they'll leave a bunch of comments and people will kind of have conversations in the comment section. And every once in a while, people will ask for you know, hey, uh, is there any way I could you know join the server or can I learn more or something like that? And I'll usually give, uh, I can get the temporary codes, the temporary join codes for the, for the server. Uh, and that's what I, what I tend to, to share on there. So yeah, oh, this is, yeah. 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 That'll work. Yeah. This is, um, it, yeah, it's a secret server. So you gotta, you gotta know the right people to get in, but you know, ask and you shall receive. I'm going to misuse that Bible verse. Can, so, it, can I join the server pinned top comment? No. And no, <laughs> you got to find it first. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this, this was a, this was a wonderful conversation. This went on a bit longer than, than I anticipated, but I, I'm, I'm actually really thankful because I think we talked about a lot of really good, really That's good content. Invite me on. Yeah. And that for those people who, who listened to this because they thought it was going to be an April Fool's podcast and they thought it was all going to be a joke. Ha ha ha. The, the true joke is I tricked you into learning something. <laughs> so, April Fool's so joke I mean, is that I'm not a cat person. I'm a cat hyphen person. Uh, <sighs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, Easter is coming up. Holy week's coming up. Thank you all. Um, have a, have a wonderful Holy week. Uh, take care and God bless. Yes. God bless. Bye bye.